previously on the VGM Fight Club. So up next, a rivalry that's been brewing for the past two months. Myself versus It Jesse. doesn't matter what rivalry is. Listen here, more. You come up to my state talking all this trash on Discord, on Twitter, on Game That Tune, on the Fight Club. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to go over there to that 64. God knows how many people have touched them controllers. We'll probably both get COVID or the bubonic plague or some shit like, it doesn't matter. Cause at the end of the day, I'll be sitting there in my house, coughing, halfway dying. Cause I live by myself, but you know what? It'll be worth it. Cause I'll beat your ass. Okay. <laughs> this is the grand championship match of VGM podcasting. Jesse Moore versus Daryl, the last Rican Bowers. Jesse will be playing as Kane and Daryl will be playing Stone Cold Steve Austin. David, my colleague, break this match down for us. Um, I'm not sure that I can. I'm probably the worst person to do commentary for anything <laughs> wrestling related, but you know what? I, um... I stunner! 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 Oh! Stone Cold And no who's coming running in now? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Stone Cold no longer has him on the ropes what physically, the but has him on the ropes metaphorically. Trevor Belmont appears to have broken up this <laughs> fucking fight. Not helping. Stone Cold now distracted, fighting the Belmont. Kane has produced a chair from the crowd. Oh, he's chair shots. He's, he's laying chair shots. Oh, my goodness. Picking Here Stone Cold up and Oh, with a big him. time pile driver. He's got to cover him now. One, One two, two, three. three. Daryl, that, that was a hell of a match you had there. But uh, what went wrong for you there at the end? Well, apparently, it seems that ever since Triple H left NXT, <laughs> Jesse hired him via Game That Tunes funds, you know, seeing as in your guy. Jesse, if you could, uh, any words on that match and that victory? I would just like to thank the game, Triple H, <laughs> for uh, helping me out with there, you know. I heard a funny story once. Here at MAGFest, G, you know, GTT versus the VGM Fight Club. Oh, WWF No Mercy. The belt is officially we have passed. We passed the belt over. The last Regan has given the belt to Jesse Moore, the new and reigning WWF No Mercy MAGFest champion. And a congratulatory in handshake. His first reign. Well, yeah, truly a display of fantastic sportsmanship. Oh, 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 no! A stutter! Oh, oh, no! God, oh, God! He's broken in half! Welcome once again to the VGM Fight Club, and this is our fourth season. Uh, thank you to everyone who has listened in the past three seasons. I'm looking forward to, you know, continuing on, especially with this brand new season. You know, um, 
few top of show notes. First and foremost, I'd like to congratulate a one Jesse By God Moore, aka the Sega Legend, on defeating me at MAGFest in WWF No Mercy. Granted, there was some outside interference. Uh, Jesse was victorious, thus winning the illustrious uh, MAGFest wrestling, you know, VGM Podcast Championship. Uh, basically, it's an AEW belt, and I feel like it's a championship belt that can be defended through, you know, against other VGM podcasters in various video games. So I've never really set rules for it. I will probably get around to that maybe sometime tonight, actually. But do know, Jesse, the rematch is coming. Oh, once I'm done dealing with a one, the game, I'll be coming for you next, buddy. And oddly enough, the new wrestling game comes out next week. Hmm. Could that mean that GAWN Game Audio Wrestling Network is coming back? Hmm, who knows? But, that being said, a few other top show notes. MAGFest was dope. I got to meet the crew of Game That Tune. They were just as awesome as I thought they were. Guys, it was great hanging out with you. Uh, Jesse, thank you for the good match, you know, and, you know, humoring me with that matchup. You know, I had a great time, you know. Um, definitely got to do it again sometime. Uh, maybe next time when I'm down in Florida visiting my kids. Maybe I'll swing by and come see you if you're not too busy, depending on how far you live from Altamonte Springs. That being said, uh, a couple other top of the show notes. Uh, well, Pokemon Day passed this past Sunday, and we have three new starters. The new game is also going to be called Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. The new starters is Sprigatito, I believe. Hold on, let me get the names correctly. All right, let me read these names correctly. Uh... Grass starter is Sprigatito. The fire starter is, Fu is Fue Coco. And the worst starter is Quaxly. Basically, a duck, a crocodile, and a cat. Uh, I know me personally, I hope the cat evolves into a tiger with stars for stripes. Uh, I, gotta de I definitely gotta say, um, this. I I'm actually looking forward to it. You know, it was funny because at MAGFest, me and. Um, me and a few... What? I'm sorry. I just saw a trailer for something. One moment. Sorry about that. Anyway, uh, you know, like me and my... Me and a few of my friends, we had, you know, surmised that we would get a new Pokemon game to 2023-2024. But lo and behold, late 2022, we'd get a new Pokemon game. Which usually means it'll be coming out in November around my birthday, as usual. Because that's when Pokemon games come out. So, I am really looking forward to that. So, um couple other things. I've been playing the crap ton out of Elden Ring. I did get Horizon Forbidden West. Um, I have enjoyed it, but man, like, um, I am just Elden Ring. Elden Ring is everything I'm doing. Matter of fact, when I'm done with this podcast, well, this episode, um, I'll be playing more Elden Ring. But, you know, it's such a great game, but, you know, just, we're not here to talk about Elden Ring, even though, you know, this is a VGM podcast, and video games is the reason why we're here, as well as the music in them. We're here to talk about tonight's matchup, which another thing we need to touch on, ladies and gentlemen, your first ever Supreme of the Ring and current VGM Fight Club champion, Muddle Madness, the first person to ever hold the title of Supreme of the Ring and the VGM Fight Club Championship at the same time. He has his, they have etched their place into history, and now we have the grudge match to decide who will challenge Muddle Madness for the VGM Fight Club Championship. We have none other than the inaugural VGM Fight Club champion, Kung Fu Carlito, up against 
none other than Alex the Messenger Messenger, a former VGM Fight Club champion as well. See, where this beef started was back during the Capcom Cage Fight 3 between John Harrington, Jay Gangsta, and Alex the Messenger Messenger. I had Kung Fu Carlito come onto the show and act as special guest referee, aka the judge, for the matchup so that there was no, you know, inconsistencies with the voting, however you would like to put it. You know, so Carlos came on, he picked the tracks he liked, and, you know, Alex felt like he put John over. So, you know, we did an episode a few months back, a uh, Fighters Lounge episode called The Crossover Edition. And, you know, uh, Alex let me know that he got beef and he wants to sell it. So, you know what? I figure, what better way to sell this fight than, ladies and gentlemen, a Capcom cage fight. So, this is Super Capcom Cage Fight 2. I'll probably just keep going like that with the Capcom cage fight. It's like, we'll have a Super Capcom Cage Fight 2 Turbo Super, so on and so forth. You know, like Capcom with their, like, naming of rename, like, Jesus Christ. How many different titles are there for Street Fighter 2? How many different versions of Street Fighter 2 are there? It's ridiculous. But, that being said, both these gentlemen will be participating in Super Capcom Cage Fight 2. Now, as usual, you know I usually have a certain rule set. You know, I leave something outside that they have to, that they're not able to pick. I believe the first Capcom Cage Fight was no Mega Man tracks. The second Capcom Cage Fight, I believe, was, um... What was it? I want to say no Street Fighter tracks. Um, and it, oddly enough, when I chose this theme, I chose it back in December. I had no idea that Street Fighter 6 would be dropping most likely this year. As well in June, we'll be getting a Capcom fighting collection where finally I can play Red Earth stateside. I am so hyped. But that being said, the rules for this particular match were... They could not pick any tracks from any games that originally paired on an 8-bit system or a 16-bit system. So basically, no Nintendo, nothing that you could play that originally premiered on the Nintendo and nothing that originally premiered on the 16-bit. So anything 16-bit and 8-bit, not allowed. Okay, just, it's not allowed. Now I checked both the track listings and both the, you know, um, both their lists and, you know, everything's within, you know, Everything's right. You know, everything's within the rules. So, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and get into our first round. You know, both competitors have been locked in the cage. Now, Alex won the essential, the you know, existential coin toss, if you will, uh, and has opted to go first. So, Alex's first track of the night is from a game, Street Fighter V. And this is Rashid's theme, composed by Masahiro Aoki. Hideyuki Fukasawa, Keiki Kobayashi, Takasugu Wakabayashi, Zack Zinger, and Stephen McNair.
Alright, we are back. That was Rashad's Stream from Street Fighter V, composed by Masahiro Aoki Hideyuki Fukusawa, Keiki Kobayashi, Takatsugu Wakabayashi, Zack Zinger, and Steven McNair. Um, so, I actually have Street Fighter V, and I have all the, you know, DLC that goes with it. Um, Rashad, or is it Rashid? I believe it's Rashid. Rashid was introduced as one of the newer fighters in Street Fighter. Um, he uses... He uses more kicks than anything, and he creates small tornadoes. Uh, he has a machine on his back that allows him to kind of, like, you know, dash all over the place. Uh, you know, I, I think I've seen, I haven't seen many people use him. He he was someone that when I first initially played the game, I did try to learn how to use. Um, this is before they started adding characters that I like, like Saget. So, uh, not much else I can say. You know, it's definitely a track. Um, definitely a lot of dubstep in this, you know. I'm... I'm a little shocked because I'm, I'm a little shocked. Like, Alex, he does... I don't think he has a PlayStation, or does he? I don't know for sure. I know Alex mainly as a Nintendo guy, you know. So, this was a little... Like, you know, I was a little shocked when I saw this on his track list. So, you know. Uh, not much else I could say. I don't know about you guys, but I'm a little concerned about Street Fighter Six, especially because of what happened with Street Fighter V. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Street Fighter V, when it first came out, the developers mainly focused on the uh, pros. Like, they focused mainly on the fighting game community, the esports, if you will. They were trying to make it more esports focused, and a lot of fans did not like that because there was no arcade mode, there was no story mode. It just. And then they had to, in order to kind of fix it, they basically added in free DLC for the arcade and story mode. Like, but it kind of was like damage done. And then on top of that, there was the. Um, I don't know. Take it how you want it, but they made it PlayStation exclusive. You know? And I gotta be honest, like, that kind of rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I mean, because if you go as far back as when Street Fighter came to, you know, consoles. Street Fighter 2, for instance. Okay. You could play it on Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. Uh, I think you could play it on Game Gear as well, if I'm correct. Uh, then, you know, when you had, like, games like the PlayStation, and Nintendo 64. Granted, there was never no Street Fighter game on the Nintendo 64, but, like, Sega Saturn has Street Fighter games. Uh, matter of fact, a lot of Capcom games that were on the Sega Saturn were direct ports of the arcade, which was, you know, the better version compared to the PlayStation version, okay? Um, Dreamcast, you know, you had Street Fighter games on there. You had Street Fighter games on the PS2, Xbox. Uh, was there any Street Fighter games on the game? I know Capcom... I know... Capcom versus SNK 2000, Mark of the Millennium, was on the um, GameCube. I think Street Fighter Anthology Collection was also on the GameCube. I don't remember for sure. All I know is uh, with Street Fighter Anthology Collection, it was the first time you could play Third Strike on the Xbox. So, um, all I gotta say is, uh, just it's, it's one of them things where just, I thought it was really... I, I don't know if it was a Capcom's decision or if it was Sony's decision, but just putting it on strictly, it, it was like they were mainly focused on just adhering to the professional game, you know, professional Street Fighter players, and it just, you know, put a sour taste in everyone's mouth. But, you know, whereas with Street Fighter 4, you can play it on both the Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. Same thing, like, regardless. But, um, you know, Street Fighter 6 is coming. Um, We'll be like, you know, a lot of big announcements happened during the hiatus of uh, Street Fighter 6, you know, Capcom Fighting Collection, 
Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Um, something else is supposed to be coming out. I forget what. I don't know Kirby's coming. I think this month, if I'm correct. Regardless, um, yeah. So it was a great track. Um, you know, I, you know. So what does Carlito have in store? Carlito's first round pick is from the game Darkstalkers Three, and this is a cover. Uh, it's called Green Screen Cover. The composer, the original composer, is Takayuki Iwai, Masato Kuda, and the cover artist is known as Akito Base. That was Green Screen, a cover from the game Darkstalkers 3, also known as Vampire Savior. Originally composed by Takayuki Iwai, Masato Kuda, and the cover artist is known as Akito Base. Now, um, I have played the Darkstalkers games. Uh, there was a, uh, on the Xbox 360, on the Xbox Live Arcade, there was a um, bundle, Vampire, uh, Darkstalkers Resurrection, 
where, one moment please, uh, go to Wikipedia, you know, sorry, I, you know, just that's what I do. Dark, ah, there it goes. Came out in 2013, uh, which included uh, Dark, let's see, Night Warriors Darkstalkers Revenge, which is the second game in the series, and Darkstalkers 3, also known as Vampire Savior. Okay, well, that's what was known in Japan. Now, it was funny because uh, they recently announced uh, the Capcom, like I said, which, again, I did not, I, I didn't, um, I didn't plan this at all when, um, I didn't plan this when I made this uh, match. I didn't think this was going to happen, but sure enough, like, it was announced, like, about a, what was it, I think last week, uh, about the uh, Capcom fighting, well, along with Street Fighter 6, along with Street Fighter 6, the Capcom fighting collection, which, hold on a second, oh, okay, so that's what that was, huh, ooh, excuse me, but let me go back to, uh, Alright, so when it was announced, I had to actually contact Carlito. Because there's... Alright, so in this collection will be Cyberboss Full Metal Madness, which I'm going to get to that in a little bit. Red Earth, which I cannot wait. Console debut of a game that I've been dying to play for years. Ah, oh, I'm so hyped. I can't wait for June 24th. Uh, Hyper Street Fighter 2, which is the definitive Street Fighter 2, you know, like that's used in tournaments. Um, Super Gem Fighter Mini Mix, so basically Super Pocket Fighter. Um, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, which is something I already have, but okay, I'll get it again. And then, five different Darkstalkers games. Now, when they first announced this, I had to call Carlito up. Oh, I didn't call him, I messaged him, I was like, um, please don't tell me they're giving us two of the same Darkstalker games and just wording it differently. And he had to explain to me that, uh, the rosters in two of these games... So here's how it goes. So the first three games in the series is Darkstalkers, the Night Warriors. Night Warriors, Darkstalkers Revenge, which is the second one. And Vampire Savior, the Lord of Vampire, which is Darkstalkers 3. Now, Vampire Hunter 2 uh, is basically an arcade version of Darkstalkers 3. That has different rosters. So if I'm correct, okay... Let's see. If I I, I gotta make sure I, I want to make sure I get this right because I don't want to give out misinformation. So two of these games, the uh, the rosters are different. Um, actually, Carlito had sent me a message about it. Hold on, let me reread the message. Um. Okay. All right. So this is what Carlito said: Vampire Hunter Two and Vampire Savior Two are both different versions. Of Darkstalkers 3 to have slightly different rosters. They were arcade only. So in Vampire Hunter 2, they got rid of Jetta, BB Hood, Queen Bee, and Lilith, but they gave you Donovan, Pyron, and Hutsu. In Vampire Savior 2, they got rid of John Talbane, which to me is stupid. Rikuo, which I think this is the level, this track is from his level because he's basically like a merman. And Sasquatch. Which, to me, is crazy. But they added Donovan, Pyron, and Hutzel. So, basically, it's Darkstalkers 2 with Donovan, Pyron, and Hutzel. Boss characters. 
and Darkstalkers three with uh the with um false characters as well. So that's what the difference is. Because uh, at first I was gonna be mad like you tell me y'all literally like just repackaged two different versions of the same game. I mean two. You just renamed the same game two different ways. Like, come on now. But, so regardless, we're getting five different versions of Dark Souls. Regardless, I'm hyped. I can't wait. The thing, only thing I'm trying to decide is which console do I want to get on? Do I want to get it on the Xbox or do I want to get it on my Switch? Because the thing is, I have the Street Fighter Anniversary Collection on both. Because I think I caught it on sale for the Switch the one day and I have a physical copy for my Xbox. So, I tend to do that. But regardless, um... Darkstalkers, like, don't get me wrong. I'm happy we're getting these releases, especially Red Earth stateside, but I really, really, really was hoping for a new Darkstalkers game or Rival Schools game when Capcom was having that whole countdown thing. Yeah, Capcom had this whole countdown thing a few weeks back, and it was for Street Fighter VI. So I'm just glad it was a Resident Evil 4 remake. We don't need a remake. The game's perfect as it is. But that being said, now, Red Earth, though, this is a game that um, basically you're fighting with animals. And uh, if anyone has ever played Capcom Fighting Evolution, uh, there was like three or four characters in there from Red Earth. Uh, so I've always wanted to play this game. So the fact that I can play it on a console in my own home without having a port or anything is great. Plus it's never debuted on console. So this is dope. The other thing that's kind of irking me is... Cyber Boss Full Metal Madness. I have now bought this game four different times. Um, I bought it. I bought an import copy for my Sega Saturn. Uh, once again, shout out to Chris Murray for that Swedo cart. Uh, then I bought when they came out with the Capcom um, Classics Collection, Ar well, Capcom Arcade Collection, um, and you could buy different levels, or you could just buy one singular game. I bought it for my Switch, uh, and then recently there was on sale for like a dollar forty nine. On the Xbox One. So I bought it for my Xbox One. So I've had this. And now I'm about to buy this Capcom Fighting Collection. And have it for a fourth time. Two times on what. Just. just It's getting ridiculous. Okay. Like. Before I couldn't play this game for nothing. Now. I have it on three. Moving on. You know. We're, we're going to go to round two. I could be here all night about Capcom. And their convoluted way of just releasing stuff like hey we have all these great ips and properties but you know what rather than making new ones we're just gonna re-release stuff or we'll hold stuff for years and then finally release it and there are we'll release it and then just keep releasing it over and over and over and over again like you haven't had access ah capcom on to round two so here's the thing when these guys submitted their tracks there's a lot of similarities or a lot of differences and i gotta say I'm here for it. So, Alex's pick for round two is from the game Mega Man 9. And this is the Galaxy Man stage. Composed by Ippo Yamada, Ryo Kawakami, Yushimoto, and Hiroki Isogai.
All right, we're back. That was Galaxy Man Stage from Mega Man 9. Closed by Ippo Yamada, Ryo Kawakami, Yushimoda, and Hiroki Isogai. Now, I have not played Mega Man 9 yet, okay? It, again, it's one of, I own the game because I have the complete Mega Man collection. I haven't gotten around to playing it, but thanks to my new job, I now have more time than, I have more time to play video games, which, Look, I have done been able to get through so much in the past couple of weeks since I started this job. My comic, I'm finally getting through my comic backlog. I've started reading books again. I'm currently reading Ready Player One. It is great. I love the movie too, but man, the book, the movie definitely went a different direction than what the books went. But I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm actually able to catch up on games. I caught. I started my playthrough on Kingdom Hearts three. Um, trying to finish my four for February, which I knocked out two of my games for my four for February. Now, my four games for four for February were um, Doom Eternal, Red Dead Redemption 2, Halo Infinite, Kingdom Hearts 3. Knocked out Doom Eternal, knocked out Red Dead Redemption 2. Got as far as Arendelle, aka Frozen, on Kingdom Hearts 3. And I kind of stopped there because I've just been busy lately with work and whatnot. But I'll get... And Elden Ring. Like, listen. I cannot rave about this game enough. It is such a great game. And yes, it is a hard game and it's made from the Dark Souls people. Essentially, it's a Souls-like game, but it's open world. It's great. It's awesome. Some people, they don't like games like that. I initially wasn't even going to pay attention to this game until my co-worker sat there and we were talking about it. He's like, you're not getting Elder Ring? I was like, no, it's another Soulsborne game. He goes, yeah, but do you know what the one big difference is? I'm like, what? He goes, it's open world. I'm like, hold on. Did you say an open world Dark Souls game? He goes, yes. I was like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, alright, I'm in. And you know what? I haven't regretted it. It's a great, it's a great game. Just, you gotta, look. Some people may like it, some people won't. I'm enjoying it. But anyway, uh, enough about this. Mega Man. Now, Mega Man 9, um, again, it's, you know, it's funny because, alright, so you had like Mega Man, Mega Man 1 to 6 for all, you know, 8-bit. Uh, as well as, I think, 7 as well? Yeah, Mega Man 7 was... What, was it also 8-bit? Hold that thought real quick. Uh, let me research this real quick. Uh, Mega Man 7. Alright. I believe Mega Man 7... Alright, Mega Man 7 was an 8-bit. It was 16-bit. So what was Mega Man 8? eight? Let's see. Uh... Let's see, uh, 1996, blah, 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 it was released on, oh, wow, what, oh, I did not know this, so apparently Mega Man 8 was released on, was released on PlayStation, I never knew that, huh, but yeah, it was released on PlayStation, um, hmm, I do believe I played this, I'm sure I played this one. Because I think this introduced Bass and Treble. Or Bass and Treble. However you want to pronounce it. Regardless. Um, I just... You know, like... I, it, but anyway. What I was... The point I'm getting to is... Mega Man 9... Me, Mega Man 9 and 10 went back to the original 8-bit style of Mega Man. Um, so... And then, like, Mega Man 11 went to, like, the more... Um, 16-bit PlayStation style, so to say. So, regardless, just, you know, like, 
this one harken is where they originally harken back to that whole original old school style of Mega Man, and people loved it because they were like, "Oh, Mega Man's back!" So, regardless, this was a dope track. Uh, now what does Alex have? I mean, not Alex. That was Alex's first round pick. I'm sorry. What does Carlito have in store for his second round pick? Carlito has chosen a track from a game that I am still mad to to this day that we have not gotten a re-release for. And honestly, this is a very hard game to get a hold of. Like, if you have it, you need to keep it in your collector. You need to keep it in your collector's edition. Never get rid of this, okay? And I actually have a very funny story about this game. Uh, this is from Gotcha Force. The track is called We Are Gotcha Force, composed by Misuhiko Takano. If I'm correct, I believe this is like a karaoke version? I don't know for sure, but this is what Carlos sent me, so um, here's the track.
All right, we are back. That was We Are Gacha Force from the game Gacha Force, composed by Mitsuhiko Takano. Now, to kind of give a clear description of this game, the concept of Gacha Force is basically you take control of two humans, uh, and you basically make a team comprised of boards, aka, you know, that you get from like a gacha machine, okay? And, you know, like, you know, you have them, you compete against each other in a third person brawler slash shooter type view. Um, I have, I believe my cousin Adam still has this game, and the few times I've seen him play, or friends of mine play this, it has always been crazy. Um, he actually has one of the rarest gotchas, and, like, I remember my one friend, Keith, and him were playing, they were like, how'd you get that? And he, like, oh, I had a friend who had a save file to unlock this, and he just copied the save file, I guess. Um, but, like, there's... I just checked the Discord, and like apparently there's 200 different boards you can get in the game. And to this day, there are people who still haven't been able to get some of the more rarer ones. So I think, from what I read, the hardest one to get was, um, I think, Black... Alright, someone said Gold, ICBM, and Dark Knight. I think Dark Knight is the one that my cousin has. Regardless, a few times I've seen this game played, um, it has always looked fun to me. So, um, I definitely, you know, I might add this to the collection one of these days. You never know. I just go about playing it. But it does look like it's a game that you, like, definitely could spend years trying to collect every board and not, like, man, like, again. What was it the oldest post said? Uh, uh just erased. Either way. But, yeah, uh, it's a fun game. This is definitely a dope track. You know, man, both of you guys are really, like, digging deep for various, like, tracks from games that are all over the place. And, you know, again, that goes back to the saying about Capcom. Like, okay, they could easily re-release this for the Switch or a newer version for the Switch with updated graphics. And people would eat this up. We currently live in a culture where people love gotcha games. Okay? This is perfect. Like, just... Ah, Capcom. Like... Man, they, look, don't get me wrong. I'm basically a whore for Capcom. He's like, hey, we're re-releasing this thing that you really like to play. Even though you have three versions of it. Yeah, but I don't have it for this. I might want to buy it. That's Capcom for you. Like, we got this. I haven't played Monster on the Rise in months. Okay? And close to, like, coming up to a year, maybe. And they're about to re-release DLC for it this summer. And I'm probably going to wind up buying it. So, it's like, uh, just regardless. Just moving on to round three. Sorry of getting upset. But round three. Alex has chosen a trap from a game that I have thoroughly played the crap out of. This is from Resident Evil 2, the remake. And this is Mr. X's theme. Composed by Shusaku Ichiyama and Zen Lan Kang. And no, I'm not going to do the X is going to give it to you. Just here's the track.
Man, that ended abruptly, and we are back. That was Mr. X's theme from the game Resident Evil 2 Remake, composed by Shusaku Ichiyama and Zenlon Kang. You know, I am a huge fan of the survival horror series, especially the Resident Evil series, and let me explain something to you. When this game first came out, um, I remember I was still, me and the mother of my two oldest sons were still together. And I was in our room playing the game, and at this point I had to start wearing my headphones to play the game because apparently my sons were getting nightmares from hearing like the sound of zombies in their dreams, like while they were sleeping. So, and you know, I wouldn't have the game that loud, but still, just you know, like that's one of the things. It's like okay, rather than sit there and like you know keep um, torturing my sons, you know, I, you know, fuck it, I'll play the game with my headphones on, you know, like immerse myself fully into it. So. Uh, what I would do, what I would do, as I was saying, would, um, I'd turn off the lights and I would sit in the dark playing this, okay? And at one time, uh, Carmen was sitting there watching me play the game, alright? And there's a part, it's in the library, I'm sitting there and Mr. X comes in. You hear this theme music playing, okay? So I'm hiding behind the bookshelf and I look and I'm looking and I see him go up the steps, now, wait till he got all this out. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm good. So I go over to move the crank to move the bookshelf so I can progress through the level and finish the puzzle. And this mofo came out of nowhere. I didn't even hear, like, I, I heard his footsteps, but, like, I had the headphones on. I'm thinking, like, all right, he's just above me. He's walking on the upper area above me. And he punched, and I was playing with Leon. He punched Leon in back of the head. And I jumped, because in my heart, in my soul, in my in my immortal soul, I felt that punch. As far as I was concerned, I was dead. I mean, Leon survived. I didn't die. from, But still, I felt that punch in my soul. I literally jumped and damn near fell. I fell off the bed and everything. I felt that punch. I felt that hit. And Carmen's just looking at me like, what the fuck? I'm like, I felt that punch. Like, that man hit me from beyond the game. Like, oh, God. Like, don't get me wrong. In the original Resident Evil 2, Mr. X was somewhat of an issue. But, like, no. They they amped up the way he was in this game to, like, 20. It is ridiculous. But regardless, just, man, just just dope game. Just, oh, God. Just, they did right by this game by um, remaking it. All right. That and Part 3, which... I played the crap out of part three. There, literally, there's nothing else I can do with part three. I've beaten it on every difficulty. I've done every speed run. The only thing left to do is try to beat the world um, record, which I think is like 47.12 seconds. And I think the person that did that recently got it down to 47.7 seconds. And I'll be honest, I don't think it's physically possible or just generally possible to shave off any more time than what it... Than, that, than that like there's just no way possible as far as I'm concerned to shave off any more time from that record so I just uh, the lowest it got down to was like an hour and five minutes that's it so moving on Carlos's third round pick of the night comes from another game that I've played and definitely enjoyed this is from Devil May Cry 3 Dante's Awakening the track is called Devils Never Cry which is composed by Tetsui Shibata with vocals from David Baker.
Never Cry from the game Devil May Cry 3 Dante's Awakening. Composed by Tetsuya Shibata with vocals from David Baker. Now, I. Alright, so I've played every Devil May Cry, including the remake by Ninja Theory. That's a story for another time. Now, this particular one, I played it when it originally came out on the PlayStation before they re released the uh, special edition where you could play as Virgil. Uh, the whole concept of this game, it's basically a prequel to the first Devil May Cry, which. So, the Devil May Cry timeline, and I think I've discussed this before on the show. Uh, the timeline of Devil May Cry is very, uh... Eh, it's very, uh... Different. So, this is the timeline as the Devil May Cry wiki. Alright, so, it goes... No, we're not going with innovations. Alright, the chronological order of the Devil May Cry series is Devil May Cry 3, Devil May Cry, Devil May Cry 2, Devil May Cry 4, then Devil May Cry 5. Okay. Um, also, as a you know, little added trivia bonus, the anime series, which is canon to the games, take place between the original Devil May Cry and Devil May Cry 4. So um, if you've never seen the anime series, it's pretty dope. It's great. You have to watch it. Like, so, you know, that and the Bayonetta anime, um, are definitely dope. Like, Capcom, they know what they're doing when it comes to, like, getting some of their things made into animes. But regardless, this is a game where, like, they added... Alright, so in the first Devil May Cry, you know, Dante's a little different. You know, you got, com you know, you had a meter based on how many combos or how skillful you were with dispatching your enemies. Uh, Devil May Cry 2, uh, not the best in the series, but look, it was one of them games, like, it was the first game we got for our PlayStation 2 when we got it, and me and my brother David played the crap out of it, and, you know, we enjoyed it for the time, but, like, going back, because I have the Devil May Cry HD collection from Xbox One, and replaying Devil May Cry 2, ugh, my god. So, the way you got your combo meter up was by doing damage to your enemy while avoiding taking damage. So, the more damage you did without getting hit, the higher your, um... You know, style meter went up, which gave you more, you know, um, I think crimson orbs or red orbs. So, uh, Devil May Cry 3 was a little different. It introduced styles. So, you had Swordmaster style, Royal Guard style, Trickster style, Gunslinger style. You know, um, I think there was another one, if I'm correct. Let me double check. Um, but basically, at the beginning of a level, you would choose your... Um, you would choose your, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, you would choose your loadout, like your weapons, and you would choose a style. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let me look at this. Okay. Apparently, this is cited as one of the greatest video games of all time. Wow, February 2005. Man. Such a long time ago. 2005. I tell you what. Alright, so, yeah, I was right. Alright, so, the styles are Trickster, Swordmaster, Gunslinger, Royal Guard. 
Uh, Quicksilver was a style that you got eventually at, from defeating an enemy and also Doppelganger. Okay, uh, and in the special edition, when you got to play as Virgil, uh, oh wow, I did not realize it. So I'm just now looking at this on. Right, anyway, on the special style, Virgil, uh, in the special edition, when you're playing as Virgil, his style, his trickster style is called Dark Slayer, but it's basically trickster style, but just for Virgil. So I just found this out, and I did not know this. So apparently. If you're using a doppelganger style, uh, if a second, if someone has a controller plugged in, they can hit start and control the character. Also, during the fight against Arkham, uh, one character can control Dante and one character, and the second player can control Virgil. I did not know that, and I am so mad I did not find that out till just now. Wow. Ah. Uh. Man, but yeah, th these are games that, like, I always enjoyed the Devil May Cry games. Um, I was talking to a co-worker about this recently, about how, like, certain games are great when they're in their category. And he was saying, like, he doesn't put Devil May Cry, he doesn't think Devil May Cry is that great of a game. I'm like, it's great for its category. It's basically just, in a sense, mindless button-mashing button action and cheesiness. And it revels in its cheesiness and button-mashing action, and that's what makes it great. Okay, it doesn't do nothing more than try to be an action-adventure game. Granted, you have to apply some skill to it, but at the same time, it's just mindless fun. And that's what makes it great, okay? I mean, I tell people, like, don't go into Devil May Cry thinking that you're going to be playing a masterpiece like Shadow of the Colossus or Breath of the Wild, okay? It's a game where you're literally killing demons with a guy who talks shit. Come on now. Like, at one point, he uses a shotgun like they're nunchucks. Like, yeah, that movie's called Firecracker. So, regardless, like, I love the Devil May Cry series. This is a great pick. I'm really enjoying these picks because it's taking me on a trip down memory lane. So, you know, um, thanks for bringing this track to the show, Carlos. Um, Alex, as well, thanks for bringing these tracks. Like, I'm definitely going on a trip. But, you know, we're coming to the, close to the end. So, let's roll on to round four. Alex's fourth round pick. It's from a game that I have that I got, you know, I'm going to get to the story of that. But this is from Magical Tetris Challenge, and this is Wolf's Theme. And the composer is Masato Koda, who, you know, from earlier was one of the original composers for Darkstalkers 3. So let's give it a listen. <laughs>
all you cool cats and cool dogs. That was Wolf's Theme from Disney's Magical Tetris Challenge, composed by Masato Kuda. Man, that is probably the most disco slash 80s theme I've heard in a while. Uh, so, this is a game where I heard a few tracks played on Bedroffs and Shukapal's show, Very Good Music at VGM Podcast. And I will say this about Bedroffs and Shukapal. And also, uh, so, just to give a little backstory. When I started listening to Rhythm and Pixels, I would hear Purnell, like, so I have this thing where, like, when I listen to VGM Podcasts, I don't listen for all the technical stuff. Like, so, like, case in point, Rhythm and Pixels, Rob talks about all the technical aspects, arpeggios, um, snare hits, 3-4 uh, triangle, things like that. Oh, the FM sound chip or the... I don't know jack spit about what they're saying. I understand some of it, but honestly, I don't know what he's talking about. But I listen because he, you know, he makes it interesting. Now, Purnell, he'll sit there and he'll talk about the game itself. And that is what hooks me, sometimes as well as the music. But how Purnell talks about the case in point. When Purnell talked about Shimagami Tensei um, Double... Uh, hold on. Shimagami Tensei Double Summoner, I believe? Is it... Uh, let me double check, because I definitely... Let me just double check real quick. Bear with me. Uh, Digital Devil Saga, okay? And let me see. Yep, Digital Devil Saga, and then there was sequel Digital Devil Saga 2, which I... Regardless, um, he talked about the game and, like, a part of the game that was so dope. Like, he was telling, like, he was explaining a part of the game. And, like, when I heard it, I was like, man, I need to get this. And oddly enough, it was around, like, I was going through a real bad time in my life at that point when I got that game. And I remember the opening theme to that game playing. And it was just, it was so dope. And I was just like, oh my god, like, I love this game. Like, and I played that for a while on my PS2. I still have it. I need to get around to playing the game. One of these days, I'm going to start setting aside time to play on my older consoles rather than my new ones. Uh, the problem I always found is that uh, my older consoles all have wire controllers. So, like, I need to, like, look into, like, a... Wi-Fi controller for a setup. Just, I know, I'm terrible and lazy. But, moving forward. Uh, so, that being said, I started listening to Very Good Music, a BGM podcast. And they had suggested a bunch of different... Like, they were talking about different games and tracks. And, like, it interested me. Like, I completely forgot about PNO3, which, oddly enough, is another Capcom game. Uh, let me see. I have it over here. Yeah. It is another Capcom game. And I have bought it... Hold on a second. You probably can't hear me. Yes, it's another Capcom game, which, um, they never reprised this woman. Uh, let's see. Uh, Colonial Settlement on a distant planet goes out of control after a computer's arms management system goes haywire. Enter Vanessa Schneider, a freelance mercenary and robot killer with a grudge to settle in this exhilarating action game. But will Vanessa's dark past collide with her ultimate mission? Futuristic sci-fi environments. Battle robots, machines, mega weapons, and transforming enemies. Saw's moves and attacks, dodge, rolling, and choreographed gameplay. Learn powerful attacks, combos, and power-ups. Um, so, again, like this was a game that I bought. Like I had seen it before in magazines when it first came out, and I just didn't pay attention to it. Then I heard a few tracks from Very Good Music and VGM Podcast, and I decided, you know what? F it. I'm going to get it. And I did. And I still haven't played it yet. Same thing with Magical Tetris Challenge. I heard it on very good music. 
I got it. I played yet. <laughs> I need to. But basically, it's Tetris with Disney characters like Mickey Mouse, Goofy, Donald, Pete, things like that. I guess Wolf must be a boss. I don't know for sure. But regardless, these are this is a game I need to get around to playing because I love Tetris. You know, and you know, unbeknownst to some people, or some people may know, um, Capcom has had a long history with you know making games for Disney. Well, you have like uh, the DuckTales game, uh, Lion King, Darkwing Duck, you know, like it, it, Mickey's Castle of Illusion, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. Like, uh, if I'm correct, let me pull up the list. Uh, let's see. Disney Capcom Games. All right. Oh, that's not it. So let's. Let's see. List of Disney Cap. Capcom Disney games. Alright. Alright, so Capcom has made Adventures in the Magic Kingdom, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Chippendale Rescue Rangers 2, Darkwing Duck, uh, Disney's Aladdin, Disney's Hide and Seek, Disney's Magical Mirror Star and Mickey, Disney's Magical Quest, DuckTales, DuckTales 2, Goof Troop. I actually played the Goof Troop game. It is different. The Little Mermaid, Magical Tetris Challenge, Mickey Mouse Capade, Mickey's Dangerous Chase, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Oogie's Revenge, which I believe is a PlayStation 2 game. Yes, it is. Man, I need to get a hold of this. I distinctly remember seeing this, and I think it got pretty good reviews. Uh, yeah, um, let's see. Okay, so the game was mainly made for children and people to uh, tailspin and who framed Roger Rudd. Holy crap, hold on. Oh, okay. This is the Game Boy game. Alright, I was about to say. I, wait, there's no way that... Because I could have swore LJN made the who framed Roger Rabbit game for the uh, Nintendo. Like, I was about to say, hold up. Y'all not putting this on Capcom. Uh, let's see. Like, so, yeah, like, these are games that, like, um... Like, man, just... Capcom just... Man, this, this is why I love this. But, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll get around playing Magical Tetris Challenge this weekend. If I can pull myself away from Elden Ring. I can't help it. This game has its hooks at me. I tell you. Sorry about that. A quick minor technical difficulty, but alright. Um, we're gonna move in to... Let's see... Carlos's fourth round pick. Uh, this is a track from Street Fighter 3, The New Generation. Basically, the first iteration of Street Fighter 3... I'll explain that when we get back. The track is called Sharp Eyes, Twilight Remix. Originally composed by Hideki Okugawa. Remix by Maxi Da Man.
Alright, we're back. That was Sharp Eyes Twilight Remix from the game Street Fighter 3 New Generation. Composed by Hideki Okugawa. Remixed by Maxi Demand. You know, so, a bit of a confession time. So, this kind of coincides with this. So, Street Fighter 3 did what Street Fighter games usually do. Case in point, you had... One moment. Okay, I had to make sure I got this information right. So... Street Fighter 2 first was released. Um, let's see, where is like they uh the first update was known as Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition. Okay. Alright, so then that was followed by Street Fighter 2 The New Challengers, which was then followed by Street Fighter 2 Turbo, which was then followed by Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, which then was followed by Hyper Street Fighter 2. And then it would take some years later, in the early 2000s, mid-2000s probably, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo HD Remix, where they updated the graphics. And then finally, a couple of years ago, when the Switch first came out in 2017, Ultra Street Fighter 2 The Final Challengers, where they updated graphics, they allowed online play, and they added new two new characters, Evil Ryu and Violet Ken. Uh... So, basically, Street Fighter does this thing where, like, they'll release a version of the game, and then they'll subsequently reach, release a newer version with new characters. To point, so, Street Fighter 3 originally had... Give me a moment. I should have had this up and ready to go. Alright, there we go. Alright, so Street Fighter 3 originally had... This, this was the first... You know, I really didn't understand all this till I got much older about the Street Fighter game. So, Street Fighter 3, the original roster was Ryu, Ken, Alex, Deadly, Elena, Ibuki, Necro, Oro, Sean, Yun and Yang, and Gil, which is the boss of the game. Okay? Now, uh, if I'm correct, this takes place... Let's see, gameplay... Da, da, da. I forget where this takes place. Um, I think this game takes place like years after the original Street Fighter. So, after the game takes place, they released Street Fighter 3 Double Impact, also known as Giant Attack here in the States. Which was then fought... Oh, no. Street Fighter 3 Second Impact. Uh, which was also known as... Um, yeah, it was an update. And then after that, it was Street Fighter 3 Third Strike. So, with Second Impact, they added four new characters. Akuma, Hugo, Yuri. Then, in Third Impact, let's see, Third Impact, they added Chun-Li, Makoto, Q, Remy, and Twelve. Now, if I'm correct, the, you know, Guile was gone, Blanca was gone, the Honda was gone, this is like a whole brand new cast of characters, because if I'm correct, the only people that came back from the real Street Fighter was Chun-Li, uh, Akuma, Ryu, and Ken. Everyone else was brand new characters. So if I'm correct, only four characters from the original Street Fighter carried over to this game. Alright? Uh, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. You know, just like, but this is what Street Fighter does. And it wasn't until I realized this that I came to realization about something. So, 
and I'm probably going to catch a, I'm going to get mocked for this. So for years, I thought Street Fighter Alpha, Street Fighter Alpha 2, and Street Fighter Alpha 3 were all three different games. No, Street Fighter Alpha 3 is just the completely updated version of the Street Fighter Alpha series. You know, where they just kept adding to the roster as time went on. And I didn't realize that till about last year. I, oh God, just, I, but don't get me wrong. Street Fighter Alpha 3 to me is my favorite Street Fighter Alpha, is my favorite Street Fighter game of all time. I think it is the best Street Fighter game of all time. I think it is perfect. Just I think Marvel vs. Capcom 2 is the greatest fighting game of all time, hands down. That's just me. Anyway, well yeah, this is a dope track. Um, in Third Strike, the only two people I used was, uh, actually no, I only used Ryu and very often, it's very few times I would use Ken, but honestly, this game is what made me start using Ken in Marvel vs. Capcom 2. But um, the one thing about this game that people don't know, like seem to forget or may know or may not know, is it introduced the parry mechanic, which was very big for the Street Fighter series, because before you could only block, do hyper combos. The parry mechanic allowed you to like parry and then even hyper combos, you could parry those. Like, again, the day, the day go parry, you know? Like, hey, if you play Street Fighter and you like Street Fighter, everyone knows the day go parry. Okay, everyone knows that moment, all right? Just, man, th this has been a really great time. I have really enjoyed myself doing this episode. This has to be one of my favorite Capcom cage fights of all time. But we've come to the final round. That's right, people. We're in round five, the last round of the night. What does Alex have in store? Well, it looks like Alex is going to hit Carlito with the Forest Falls. From the game Toki Tori for the Game Boy Color. Composed by Chris J. Hampton. So if I'm thinking the Forest Falls, I'm thinking Alex climbed to the top of the cage and kind of did like a moonsault splash onto Carlito. So uh, here's the track.
All right, we are back. That was Forest Falls from the game Toki Tori, composed by Chris J. Hampton for the Game Boy Color. Now, I have no idea what this game is uh, at all. Like, if I could just... Okay, it looks something... All right, story begins. All right, so it's looks like a puzzle game of sorts. Gameplay in Tokitori consists of using a limited number of tools to gather up all the eggs in a level in a single run through it in a certain amount of time. Okay, so like, alright. Okay, so kind of looks like Lemmings in a sense. Just a version of Lemmings. Just with, um, you know, with a chicken. So, yeah, definitely, um, I, I, I've never played this game. I've never heard of it. Uh, this is my first time hearing it, but, you know, that, that was definitely... Uh, Game Boy Colors track, like so, you know. Um, I'm trying to think. I think one of my favorite Game Boy Color games, well, favorite Capcom games I played on Game Boy Color was Mega Man Extreme, which is basically a watered-down version of the Mega Man X games with various villains from the Mega Man X games kind of crammed together in one game. I think it was Mega Man X's one to three. They took villains from those and just gave them different names. So, um, and I really enjoyed that game. I never played Mega Man X. Two, I mean Mega Man Extreme Two. I really should have, but I never got around to getting it or playing it. So, oh well. But anyway, that was a dope track. So, what does Carlos have in store? You know, again, when I started this episode, I didn't know where these guys were going to pick from. I figured there'd be a few Mega Man tracks, but I didn't know how deep they would pull. But Carlos, he he made a pretty deep pull, which at the same time. I was a little shocked to see the names on this particular track. So, this is from Mega Man 9 as well. And this is from Tornado Man stage, but this is called the Integer Spin Mix. Originally composed by Ippo Yamato, but remixed by Jake Kaufman, a.k.a. Vert himself. So, if I'm thinking, like, Carlos is going to use the Tornado Man stage, I'm thinking, like, it's a discus lariat. He bounces Alex off the ropes and he spins around and hits him with a discus lariat. You know, Tornado Man stage. Here's the track. <laughs>
All right, we are back. That was Tornado Man Stage Integer Spin Mix from the game Mega Man 9, composed by Ippo Yamada and remixed by Jake Kaufman, a.k.a. Vert himself. So, I gotta be honest, that track was kind of all over the place to me. Um, just maybe once I listen to the back to the show, once I'm done editing it, editing it and posting it, maybe it'll sound different. I don't know, but it just that down. I was a lot. But um, regardless, you know, nice pick from Carlito. So that was his final pick of the night. So with that being said, ladies and people of the world, we have now come to the part of the show I like to call Sudden Death. My favorite part of the game. <laughs> sudden Death. So the Sudden Death part of the show is in the event of a tie, which has happened from time to time, as we all know. Um... Uh, Boat fighters have one last chance to win it all and snatch defeat. I mean, snatch victory from the jaws of defeat. So, what have these individuals brought to for their sudden death tracks? Well, Alex has brought a track called "Concrete Heart," a remix of the Concrete Man stage from Mega Man Nine. Originally composed by Ippo Yamada, Ryo Kawakami. Yushimoto and Hiroki Isogai, with the remixers being Akuma Joe Belmont and Jason Covenant. Everything is coming back to keep me driven I'm taking you down And you'll stay locked up in this prison You can find your way to get to me But you better believe this is how it's gonna be You think you're clever, you're not so mega You're just the same as everybody else And I'm gonna prove in time That no heart's as strong as mine No way to pierce my skin there's no flesh and blood here So you're gonna have to try To find another way Every minute passes by, you'll know defeat So 
give it your best But believe that I have got the strength inside You can find your way to get to me But the only way that this will end is in retreat You think you're better, but I know better Cause you're not different to anybody else And I'm gonna prove in time That no heart's as strong as mine No way to pierce my skin There's no flesh and blood here so you're gonna have to try To find another way Remix from the game Mega Man 9. Originally composed by Ippo Yamada, Ryo Kawakami, Yushimoto, Hiroki Isogai, with the remixers being known as Akuma Joe Belmont and Jason Covenant. And man, that was a dope tr man. That man. I, I can't wait to listen to that. I can't wait. Alright, like, oh man. This, wow. You know, if I ever get the money, maybe I'll start a radio. But if I do, put it like this. If I were to decide to do like a radio stream on like YouTube or something like that, uh, it would 
be strictly covers, okay? Strictly covers that have been played on the show of these tracks. So I don't have to worry about licensing rights and all that stuff. So, yeah. That being said, on to Carlito's Sudden Death track. He has chosen a track from a game and a track that he has played on the show before. But regardless, this is a dope track. This is a dope game. I don't care. I need to play it. I have it, and I haven't played it. This is from the game Tech Romancer, and this is Fight Kakayo, composed by Yuki Owai, with vocals by Takayuki Owai. Composed by Yuki Awai, with vocals by Takayuki Awai. 
And, you know, for those of you who don't know, so Technomancer is, in a sense, a spiritual successor to Cyberbots, but in a 3D setting on the Dreamcast. It is a fun, dope game. I love it. And you can also unlock Jinso Otome and um, Blodia in the game. I haven't gotten around to that, just like I haven't gotten around to unlocking uh, Okuma in uh, Cyberbots Full Metal Madness. I'll get around to that one of these days. But regardless, oh man, it has been such a great episode. I have had so much fun doing this with, you know, doing this episode and, you know, especially for the first episode of season four, man, you know, I just, it's been great. Four seasons of doing this. I, I am humbled by the amount of listeners I get, let alone interaction as well. Not only with the VGM podcast community, but the fans. I am so happy I got to go to MAGFest and meet the Game That Tune crew. Granted, I lost to Jesse. And, you know, we're going to ante up. But while at it, if y'all could just bear with me for a moment. <clears throat> Listen here, Jesse Moore. Yes, you beat the Reekin. You know, at MAGFest in no mercy. You know, granted the interference of the game handed you the victory. But fear not, the Reekin can accept a loss. What he will not accept is you walking around here thinking that you beat the Reekin one-on-one. Which is not what happened. But tell you what, Jesse, I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to give you hope. See, we're going to find something on Game Pass. And we're going to compete in this game. Whatever it is on Game Pass. There's plenty of multiplayer games on Game Pass. You know, you play on Game Pass. I play on Game Pass. I will take a brief break from running fades on dragons in Elden Ring to promptly whip that candy ass and reclaim the VGM podcast championship from you. What the game will be, I don't know. Maybe we'll let the people decide. Maybe we'll let the Game Dead Tune fans decide. Maybe we'll let John Regan decide the genre. But do know this, Jesse. One way or another, you will catch these hands. <clears throat> anyway, moving forward. Uh, but I really, honestly though, it was great meeting you guys at MAGFest. Like, you're just as awesome as I thought you would be. It was so dope. Um, I really need to get on the show one of these days, okay? I just, I would love to just come on the show one of these days and just, you know, shoot the ship to you guys and listen to some awesome VGMs. So, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll, I don't know, maybe we'll collaborate eventually. Who knows? Um, I need to get a better setup here for streaming and stuff because i think they use twitch regardless um thank you to everyone who listens to the podcast um we're back to our regular season you know 10 episodes by weekly schedule uh this episode will be up i believe saturday the 5th which is today um once i'm done doing the editing which should be done um voting will stay open till the one moment i will leave voting open till I'm going to say 7 p.m. on the 11th. Okay. After that, voting will close. And, you know, we will um, we'll have a winner. And I will announce on the 11th the match for the VGM Fight Club Championship against a one Muddle Madness. You know, so uh, Muddle, hopefully you've been, you know, brushing up on your VGM skills and... Get some tracks together because, man, this topic, <laughs> it's one I've been looking forward to. Also, we have some great matchups on 
coming this season, um, I don't want to give anything away because um, I'm still working on a few um, odds and ends and ironing out a few details for at least two of the matches, making sure that we can make it happen. Um, in addition to that, um, I gotta ask, is there anybody, and I repeat, anybody, who wants to take on the team of Game That Tune for the VGM Fight Club Tag Team Championships? I mean, we've had the RMP Express lose to them twice. We've had the Prof and Roth Connection lose to them. Who can stop Team Game That Tune? Are they the FTR of VGM Podcasting? Are they the Briscoes of VGM Podcasting? The Hardys? The Young Bucks? Just, I'm naming names that most of you don't know. I love wrestling. That's all that you need to know. But regardless, um, it's dope meeting you guys at MAGFest. I greatly appreciate it. I appreciate everyone out there who listens to the show, everyone that listens in and participates. Um, too many people to shout out to, so just, you know. Um, also, bonus music for tonight. Since we're doing a Capcom episode, I figured that it was appropriate to play music. Two songs from a group that was at MAGFest this year. Ladies and gentlemen, our bonus our band for the night with bonus tracks, Get Equipped and Vampire's Killer, The Megas, live from MAGFest 2022. Uh, other than that, I have once again been your gracious host, the commissioner, The Last Recon. Uh, in the words of Kenny Omega, thank you and good night. And as always, Wu-Tang Forever. Remember, you can message us in the Discord or join the Discord or go to my YouTube page. I haven't posted anything there for a while. But other than that, as always... Thank you and good night. Here are the megas. You guys ready? You guys ready? We're ready.
Sin. The killer 
darkness gone The light he couldn't lose Forever Sarah now begins A legacy of pain The weapon he carries now pain Living this dissonance Together